0: Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the Saintsnation.com, Kevin of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's gonna get his horse down! Now here's your host, Ralph Malfro.
1: There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. And why do you want to kill me? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? No, no. No. No, you... You complete me.
2: Dave Cariello, our fearless leader, got a very special guest for us tonight. Uh, Dave Choate from The Falcoholic has... been gracious enough to give us some time on this uh, fabulous Labor Day. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining us. My first question to you is, I really have a confession to make in that the Falcons being good and the Saints being good, to me, makes it spectacular. The rivalry, it makes it better, as the Joker soundbite to intro has just said. I really think the Falcons complete the Saints, and it's much more fun of a rivalry when we're both good. Because it makes us hate each other even more, and I think the rivalry—this is the best it's ever been. Uh, what's your, what's the feeling ever at the Falcoholic and with Falcon fans as far as the Saints-Falcons rivalry, how it is right now?
3: I, I think it is better than it's ever been before, and I think the reason for that is just what you said. You know, for the first time ever, we're both good at the same time. You know, and we've been good for several years now. And in the past, I think, you know, when the Falcons and the Saints were playing, it was a rivalry in the strictest sense. You know, the teams didn't like each other. The fans didn't like each other. But, you know, we weren't playing for anything. There was no, you know, meaning to those games. They weren't going to stop one of us from going to the playoffs. It wasn't, you know, we weren't in a race for the NFC West title or the NFC South title or what have you. So, you know, it's better now because there's something at stake. It matters. Mm -hmm. We have more than just pride to play for. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think,
2: let's be honest, I mean, for the first, you know, 35 years when the Saints came in the league in 67, the really only time that they confluenced together and were both good at the same time was 91. They had, you you guys had Glanville, they had the playoff game, in Atlanta won in the Dome. But besides that, they had never, the Saints in Atlanta, they had inner spurts of being good. You guys went to the Super Bowl, but the Saints were never good at the same time. But since 06, really, when the Saints got Sean Payton and you got Mike Smith a couple years later... You've both been good at the same time, but the Saints have won the Super Bowl. You guys haven't. This going into this year, what is the re- – give me some concrete reasons why the Falcons are going to be better and get over the hump, so to speak.
3: I think the number one reason they're going to be better, we hope they're going to be better, is finally they have a young athletic defense You know, they don't have a bunch of guys. At the end of last year, you know, as tough as it was to watch, and as much as I hate to say it because we all love John Abraham, you know, he just couldn't get on the field and be effective anymore. He was too old. He was too broken down. He had too many miles on him. And, you know, you looked at the rest of that defense, and there were pieces everywhere that were like that. Um, You know, they didn't really have a pass rush. Mm -hmm. Dante Robinson was playing cornerback, and it was like watching a car crash in slow motion. You know, it it was ugly out there. So I think the number one thing is that they have Mike Nolan, who I trust. You know, is a very good defensive coordinator. I think he did a really good job with what he had a year ago, but they've added a lot of young pieces. This draft was all about, you know, getting younger, getting more athletic, and so that's that's what they need to take the next step because you know you can you can look at Mike Smith and you could say he needs to be less conservative and he does, but that's not a huge leap you can say the offense can be a little bit more effective, and it can be, especially with Steven Jackson. I think it will be. But the defense is what's holding them back. You know, they've blown some major leads because of that defense. So if they're going to be better this year, and I hope they will be, it's going to be because they finally have the pieces to do that. Well, well where, Ma- does, where, where,
4: where does – wait, hold on. I mean, I mean yeah. where, where does O.C. Umanura I fit in here? Because, I mean, he's certainly no spring chicken. And, uh, I mean, he was brought in pretty much to replace – John Abraham so I mean as a Saints fan I John Abraham has always just dominated the Saints I mean he was just uh, you know always gave the Saints nightmares and regardless of how old he was or how out of shape or uh, you know declining he was he always seemed to do just fine against the Saints and I mean honestly I would much rather the Saints go up against O.C. Uminura than than John Abraham John Abraham just still, even to this day, scares me more than O.C. will. I don't really have my hopes set too high uh, on O.C. On if I was a Falcons fan. So, I mean, where, do, where does he fit in with all that?
3: I'll just start by saying that um, it should be noted that if you use the term spring chicken, you're probably not a spring chicken either. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, the thing is, you're right. You're right about John Abraham. That guy, you know, when there was a big game and the Saints games were big games, that guy was up and going. And he, he killed you guys over the years. And I can't sit here and tell you with a straight face that O.C. Uminior is going to be better against you. But, you know, the number one reason they have him, he's a couple of years younger. He's got a little bit less tread on the tires. And they've been able to already drop him back to linebacker, do some different things with him that just it wasn't feasible to do with John Abraham. They used to drop Abraham in coverage the last couple of years. And, you know, it was asking too much of the guy. The guy's a pass rusher. That's what he does. It's his bread and butter. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. But, you know, he wasn't effective in that role. So they're really just looking with OC, I think, it, to get somebody a little bit younger and a little bit more versatile even if he's not going to have quite the same output Abraham did, and they're going to hope that you know all the pieces in the front seven are going to come together and make up some of that lost production because I do expect there to be a little bit of lost production there.
2: Well, Dave, I was reading the Sports Illustrated the Peter King micro site, the Monday Morning Quarterback site, which I really like, and he did a deep dive on Atlanta. I was reading it today to do some prep for you. Well, he's Just got l- his
4: own he's got his own mini miniature website now.
2: Yeah, it's like. Monday morning quarterback it's on the tab and they do they do a, they did a really interesting series where they do a deep dive on every team and the thing that struck me when I when I was reading Atlanta the guy was like they can be better and all the questions on defense were like if both of their rookie corners that they signed do well if their first round draft can co- contributes that's dependent a lot on rookies and to me Dave you're t- to ask three four rookies to play and play well that's a big ask if you get one rookie to play well and one to contribute that seems like more reasonable how much does this defense depend on rookies
3: I think in one spot really you're looking at them depending heavily on rookies um, they're looking you know they're definitely more dependent up front on younger players than they were say a year ago they've got a lot of rookie pieces but Again, they're mostly relying on those guys to be part of a rotation. You know, maybe they get a couple of sacks, maybe they're decently effective against the run. Rotational pieces. That's, you know, not asking too much from rookies. The guy that we're all watching is Desmond Trufant because he's going to be starting outside a cornerback. You know, there's nobody lurking in the wings who's going to be ready to take over for him if he falters. Um, you know, the other rookie second rounder, uh, Robert Alford He's, he's a freak he's really athletic he reminds a lot of us of Brent Grimes but he's definitely at least a year away from from contributing so they're really reliant on Trufon and that's the big one and i think you know that that's a legitimate concern because we're facing a lot of good quarterbacks this year we got to play you guys and Breeze twice you know i'd be stunned if Breeze wasn't trying to pick on him so it's really going to depend on what he can show i'm reasonably confident the rest of the defense there they're not too heavily relying on rookies. They've got a few nice pieces. It's coming together. But if Trufant can't get it done, it's going to get ugly.
2: Well, I mean, not to compare Trufant to Corey White for the Saints, because obviously Trufant is a high, a much higher pick, but the Saints were kind of forced last year early. They had to play Corey White as a fifth-round pick, and literally quarterbacks were coming to the line and pointing at him and just destroyed him for a good solid month and that's the thing with a rookie quarterback can you, in your opinion can you sort of absorb the growing pains if it's a really rocky first four, five, six weeks for this guy
3: I think you have to again, I don't know what the alternative (laughs) is I think you could probably go out and get a veteran free agent, but they've been patching things over like that for years and it's never really worked out the way they want it to A lot of these older guys haven't worked out. Dante Robinson was basically a bust for the amount of money they gave him. So they're going to have to accept that there's going to be some growing pains. Um, And and one of the ways they're going to do that is Show me that
4: smile again. (laughs) Sorry, every time you say growing
3: pains. (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying it then, if that's what I get. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the, the, the reason I think that they're willing to do this is because... William Moore and Thomas Deku in particular, and to, to a lesser extent Nickel Corner, Robert McLean, they can use some of these guys to help out. They're good athletes. They can get across the field. You know, you, you've seen in action, of course. Um, they can make turnovers happen by jumping routes and such. So they'll give him as much help as they can. But you know, I, I think that unless it just is costing them games straight up, they're just going to have to live with it. And I think they know it's not going to be pretty all the time. Yeah I mean, what as we as I look at you
2: guys offense, I think your offense is just tremendous except you ha- let's start with the offensive line. How big of a concern because y'all did some you get some offseason changes there. How much of a concern is the offensive line? and did the preseason make you feel better or worse about it?
3: Well I think they're going through some growing pains. Show
4: me that smile uh, get,
3: Sorry. I'm, 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 I Thank missed you. my cue. I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Jeez, man. Jeez. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I think after going through preseason, I, I, I think it's fair to say that everybody's a little bit more concerned about that. This offense should hum as long as they can block. I think Sam Baker, Justin Blaylock, even Peter Kahn's in the middle of the line. All of those guys have enough talent. They looked pretty good in preseason. We're pretty happy with that. At right guard with Garrett Reynolds, uh, to a lesser extent, and at right tackle with Lamar Holmes, who's only a second year player, you know, who, you know, looked a little lost out there at times, especially run blocking. You know, those could be limiting factors. And I think one of the interesting things is that they have a safety net at guard, they have Joe Hawley, they have Harlan Gunn, a couple of guys who look pretty good in preseason. At right tackle, um, you know, it's two undrafted free agents behind him right now, um, which is why I still think they could make a move. But that's another one where he's going to have to learn on the job a little bit, and hopefully the physical talent is enough that he can get it done, because otherwise, you know, teams are just going to take advantage of that, and that is going to be a limiting factor again for the offense, and they don't need any more of that.
2: Yeah, every year... Dave, there's sort of always a guy that has been a dependable player, even maybe a fan favorite, and his time comes because, look, every player gets old and they just decline. And for the Saints this year, I'm sort of, you know, I sort of worry about a Marcus Colston, you know, that sort of guy where you think, oh, man, maybe he'll – he'll the, the decline will start to kick in. Who is who – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who who for Atlanta are are they really depending upon that, that – you're kind of worried you're like man his time may be coming and he may not he may not be the player that he has been the last couple of years
3: there's a couple of choices here um you know a year ago there were a couple of choices on the offensive line but they've cleared those guys out steven jackson's the first one um he's yep, a that was brand new that's what i would have said <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he's brand new to the falcons but there's a lot of tread on those tires and you know as it's for every Tony Gonzalez, somebody who just could play forever because of the shape he's in, there's running backs who are in great shape who just fall apart, and it just fast. happens. Fast, fast yeah. so fast.
4: Oh, yeah, the wheels it's fall it's
3: off. many a fantasy team. But, you know, and I think that with Jackson, he, he does keep himself in amazing shape. He's been incredibly consistent. I think that asking him to take a Michael Turner kind of workload this season would be a mistake, and I think that we're all – you know, looking, we're saying he looks great in preseason, but what's he going to look like by the end of the season? And you just hope that the the legs hold out because was, they have pieces it, behind him. Did he did he look good in preseason? He looked he looked good this preseason. Yeah, I mean, the first week he looked pretty average, but it turned out to be the offensive line, of course. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's looked really good.
4: Shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there a sense from it from the Falcon fans that that you're hoping that Stephen Jackson is maybe? You know, Saints fans at the time didn't think Darren Sharper, when they signed him, we, every, no one was like, oh, my God, he's the key to the 2009 season. He's going to be awesome. And we got, like, the one-year lottery ticket from him. Is But it, is that sort of what Falcon fans are hoping for for Steven Jackson? Hey, just give us one more good year and break down in 2014 if you have to, but give us 1,200 yards and a dozen touchdowns this year. And that and, and if you do that, we'll, con, we'll consider you a success. Or is it going to be more like Jason David?
3: <laughs> God, please don't let it be like Jason David. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that's that's pretty spot on. I mean, obviously, if he's a key contributor for a Super Bowl team, which is what we're all hoping for, I mean, he can just poop in the middle of the George Dome at the beginning of next year, and nobody's going to hate him for it. You know, it, it's it's about this year. And it's about, really what it's about is making this defense this offense, excuse me, making it three-dimensional. You know, in years past, when Michael Turner was in the game, he was either blocking or he was running, and he would not catch the ball. So you knew if Michael Turner was in there that one of two things was going to happen with him, and you only had to account for that. Well, Steven Jackson can also catch the ball. Mm -hmm. So they finally have a starting workhorse running back who doesn't just run hard but can also catch the ball. And, and I can't really overstate, as much as I loved Michael Turner the whole time he was here, how much of a limiting factor that was for the offense. They just It was brutal how little they could do sometimes because every defense in the league knew what was coming.
2: Yeah, and Dave, before I sort of get season your thoughts on the season and that sort of thing, the Falcons, look, everybody, they hadn't won a playoff game, hadn't won a playoff game. They finally did it last year, and they got to the NFC Championship. They blew the big lead. And to me, I wonder because I remember when I was a kid and the Saints had the the playoffs under Moore and they and they went to the three straight playoff play, playoffs three times in a row and they couldn't win. And the next year, even though they had won 10, 10, 11 games of the previous year, it was almost like the season wasn't enjoyable because it was like oh and three just hung over their head hung over their head. As a as a fan base, what's the feeling going into this year? During the year and the playoffs, does does the season become less enjoyable because it's Super Bowl or bust? Or how is the fan base sort of dealing with the expectations of, we got to win a Super Bowl. If we don't, it's a failure.
3: You know, it's, it's about what you'd expect. I think, uh, you know, I, I'll stack the loyalty of the core Falcons fan against anybody. I think they're great fans. I love dealing with them on a daily basis. But... There's a high level of freaking out happening. Like if, they don't, if they don't get there, I, I can't even tell you. Like, If they don't win 13 games in the regular season, people are going to freak out, no matter what it means about the playoff picture. And I know that. I'm coming well, into the year expecting that. Well, isn't it – and here, here's my
2: theory about the NFC South, Dave, and you feel free to either one of you jump in if you think it's wrong. I think Atlanta was very fortunate to go 7-1 and one in close games last year. I think the NFC South is going to be really good – and I think there's not going to be a team that's going to lose more than nine games, but there's not going to be a team that's going to win more than 11. I think it's going to be a tight, bunched group. And I don't see Atlanta going 13-3 and three because those kind of seasons, you just you can't, except when you're New England and you play in a, the shittiest division in the NFL year after year, can you churn them out? It's just hard to keep churning 13-3 and three out. So my feeling is the NFC South is going to be really tightly bunched. So, Dave, what's your feeling on – do you do you expect 12-4, and
3: 13-3? No. No, I don't. Um, I've got them penciled in for a 10-6 and 6 record. And at oh. this point, I'm having a harder time figuring out what everybody else in the division is going to do. I want to say that the Panthers are a year away at least. The Bucks will probably be better. The Saints should be in playoff contention. So I can see that being good enough for a wild card. I could actually see that winning the division. And I do expect it to be stacked up pretty tightly. But you know, as you said, they won a lot of close games last year, going 13 and 3 in a non-crappy AFC East is very difficult to do. I have a lot of Patriots fans around me. I don't mind saying it. Um, You know, so it is. It's very difficult to do. And I think that I'm trying myself to set those expectations for the season and say, you know, you just have to make the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs. And this team, as constructed, can make a lot of noise there, but they're not going to go thirteen and three again. Yeah, and um, a- as you
2: as you look at this, if I, as I look at this division, and this isn't just kissing your ass because you're a Falcons because I hate the Falcons, but I think the difference between Sean Payton and Mike Smith, and Shiano and Ron Rivera is a chasm. And I don't <laughs> and and look, I don't think either one of those teams are gonna be are gonna break out and be Really serious playoff contenders until those coaches are gone. In fact, Carolina is not going to be good until next year when they hire Nick Saban. <laughs> um, but Dave, give me sort of give me sort of the uh, worst case scenario for the Falcons, and not it, not Matt Ryan is injured or any of that. Just worst case scenario where they are. It, 2013 is a real struggle for them to get back to the playoffs, and it's not based on heavy injuries.
3: I'd say you would be looking at, you know, the offensive line not performing up to snuff. You'd be looking at the rookie corner getting killed. You would look at the pass rush not coming together in the way they envision it. And, you know, if everything breaks the wrong way, um, you know, as good as the offense is And as good as some pieces on the defense are You, you wouldn't pencil them in for a disastrous season You wouldn't say, you know, they're going 4-12 and 12 or anything like that But eight an 8-8 eight season, a 9-7 season I think given the expectations and what's at stake here You know, this is a team that's got some people getting older They kind of need to make their noise now um, You know, that, that would be a pretty bad scenario I think you'd see a lot of upset Falcons fans Which I know you guys would feast on well,
2: here's the thing with you. I'm looking at you guys' schedule, and it seems to me it's sort of similar to the Saints. And you better get a you better get a good start early. I mean, you play play the Saints on the road early first this week. That's obviously difficult. But then you have the Rams and the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Jets and the Buccaneers and the Cardinals. And then the ending stretch, you got well the Jets. Green...
4: That's an easy win.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got they got to get off good good start. But then at the end of the year, you play go to Green Bay host the Redskins, go to San Francisco, host the Panthers. I mean, that's a pretty brutal stretch. How important is it for them to get off to a a really good start out of the gate to have a successful 2013?
3: It's got to be important. I mean, you know, you want to make pile up as many wins as possible because you look at that, that stretch of the schedule toward the end. And, you know, I, I might not think, and I know it's sacrilege, Peter King's probably going to kill me <laughs> for it, but... I don't think the Seahawks are going to be the world beaters everybody envisions them being. San Fran will be really good. Green Bay always, always seems to have the Falcons number. Um, So, you know, it's going to be a tough stretch, and you have to have the wins, and you have to be playing well by then. So, I mean, you need the wins. That's important. But I also would like to see them grow as a team, make some progress, get some of those growing pains out of the way. Show right. me the smile again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
4: you. Wait, Ralph, that was a that was a stupid question. I mean, this is the NFL, and wins matter. It doesn't matter whether the beginning of the season, end of the season, whatever. It's all about <laughs> winning. Uh, the Falcons, the Saints, every NFL team. Uh, it's important to win.
2: Well, it's important to win. It's kind well, of a big deal. But you know. The- I mean that stretch to me when they play Green Bay, Washington and the forty nines, that, that's a that's a stretch kinda of where the Saints last year were five and five, Dave, and they played Atlanta. Who do they play? Atlanta, San Francisco and the Giants, and boom, it went up in you know, it went up in flames. If they'd have been instead of five and five, if they'd have been seven and three, it might not have been. So you know that's that's all I'm saying. I think their schedule I think their schedules like the Saints is, is weighted tougher at the end. But Dave give us best case scenario for the falcons and if i said you get one wish you can pick one guy to have a monster career type year who is it
3: well i'll answer the second part of that question first just to be difficult <laughs> but, uh, you know matt ryan i i think it's it's kind of a no-brainer the guy has consistently gotten better every year i think you know he's grown but it's been, it's been incremental. You look at him in year one and year five and you say, wow, that guy got a lot better. But year to year, you know, it might be a couple more touchdown passes, a couple less interceptions, a tick up in the completion percentage. So what I'd really like to see is just like a big bust out Peyton Manning, you know, in your face type of year. And if he has that, they're going a long way. And I think that if he has that kind of year, if they don't make a ton of mistakes on the coaching side of things if they're not too conservative if they can solve some of the short yardage issues if the defense takes a step forward maybe they do go 13 and three again and you know they're at at that point they're seriously in contention for a super bowl run and i expect you know that they're going to at least make the playoffs and make that kind of run but i think you know best case scenario is they have a fantastic regular season they get another first round bye and have a little time to kick it all right, the Saints, Atlanta, Sunday. Um, dun, dun,
2: dun. What's what's the wide res- what's the uh, what's the situation with Roddy White and his ankle?
3: You know, it's a low ankle sprain. Um, I don't think anyone's too worried about it, except for the people that mistakenly think it's a high ankle sprain. <laughs> and I can't imagine why they think that, except that you know, maybe our beat writers aren't really on point. But you know, it was one of those things that was misreported several times as a high ankle sprain, and I don't understand why. From all accounts, it's a low ankle sprain. Roddy White's never missed a game. He'll play. I mean, it's it's you guys. He'll play.
2: So what's your, what's your feelings on how the how the game's going to go, and uh, give us a pick?
3: I think, uh, you know, as always, Falcons Saints games are always close, infuriatingly close, um, you know, to the point where we're all going to be a little bit stressed out the first week of the season, which is never a good start. But I do think, um, you know, the Falcons and Saints will split the series again this year. But I think the Falcons win this one. I think the Saints win the one in the Georgia Dome, actually. And I do think it's because, for, from my perspective anyways, you know, this offense is great. They're going to come out of the gate swinging. The defense is going to do some interesting, innovative things week one um, that, you know, we'll be a little more familiar to the rest of the league by the end of the season, but Mike Nolan, he's really good at that. And and I just look at the Saints and I say, well, that offense is fantastic. Sean Payton's back, so of course it's going to be a close game. But I'm not sold that the defense is going to come together in the way that maybe Rob Ryan's hoping it's going to that early on. So I would say, let's say, Falcons 28, Saints
2: 24. Mm, I can see the Falcons winning, but... It's gonna take more than that, I would say thirty I would I would say I would say you're gonna have to get at least thirty five. But we'll see and and Dave, thanks for joining us as always. People go to his site, Falcoholic, it's a great site. Uh they post you're on you're on Twitter. Um before one last question before I go, how how much angry people come at you uh on Twitter?
3: Depends on what you're talking about as far as anger goes. I mean, are they angry about the Falcons? Are they angry about the Saints? Are they angry about the weather? I get all types. <laughs> are you, are 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 you, uh, are, do, do you occasionally have a block party on the Twitters? We, we have a few on, on the Tweets, Tweeters, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, we, we get plenty of angry people and I've. Over the first few four weeks of the uh, preseason, I was called a homer several times, and I was also accused of not being loyal enough to the Falcons. <laughs> so clearly, I'm doing something right. You are. You are definitely
2: do. You're definitely doing something right. If you don't have at least, to- at my way of thinking, if you're a blocker and you don't have at least 45% people that interact with you hate you, then you're not doing it right. So Dave, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us time, and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk to you down the road.
3: Okay. Take it easy, guys. Thanks.
2: Now we're joined by Kevin Held. Andrew Juge is watching U.S. Open tennis, and he's engrossed, and he's drunk, and he can't join us to break down the 53-man roster. But we're thinking of you, Andrew, uh, and we'll see you Sunday hopefully and buy you a beer. Um, Dave, uh, the 53-man yes, roster,
4: a lot yes, of interesting
2: sir. things happened with it that we weren't expecting.
4: Yes, sir. <laughs> Did you want me? Did you? Is, is I, that, that my I, cue to be? That was your elaborate? cue
2: to start talking and expand oh. and pretend to be an extra,
4: extra. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. Well, we were just talking. Uh, well, first of all, I think one big surprise on offense is that they kept Kyrie Robinson and Travaris Cadet. A lot of people were saying, "Well, it's going to be one or the other," and they wound up keeping both. Um, the other interesting thing I would say is that fifth wide receiver spot, Andy Tanner. I mean, earlier in the day it came out, oh, yeah, Andy Tanner, he, he definitely made the 53-man roster, sources say. And it's like, okay, that's great. Good for Andy. He deserves it. I think he's been playing well. But, uh, oh, if he's that fifth spot, I was automatically thinking, well, then they must, the Saints must be keeping six wide receivers because I thought for sure um, Andy Tanner wouldn't be good enough to occupy that fifth and final and only wide receiver spot. But apparently he was and Courtney Roby got the ax. Uh, Preston Parker got the axe. Um, And then I would say Josh Hill at tight end, making it over Michael Higgins, uh, who was on the roster last year. That was kind of a surprise. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And uh, on defense, well, everybody was freaking out that Rufus Johnson didn't get asked back to the practice squad, but they announced that today. So that's good. Um, Rod Sweeting at cornerback. Um, just, just overall, I would say it's definitely a surprise that they have six undrafted free agent rookies,
2: 10%, and, almost 10% of the 64 that made it league wide. The saints have 10% of that.
4: That's, and, I mean, that is absurd and, uh, and 10 rookies overall. So, I mean, you know what, they got younger and I, I would say for the first time, they definitely went for the guys that they felt we're just going to play, just play better. And, and I think they sort of gave up a little bit of that, of that leniency, that tendency to go with the veterans sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I mean, 600 free agents, I mean, they've always taken one or two on offense. I think the reason you have six this year, which is seems so much high is because they're finally taking, finding guys on defense. They're finally getting defensive players Um, that are surprise guys, that are diamonds in the rough. They have until, I mean, I'm I'm assuming Rob Ryan is maybe to do with this. Um, But until now, they were terrible, I would say, at scouting defensive players and bringing in young guys and finding those diamonds in the rough. You know, they always had the Pierre Thomases and the Lance Moores and the Marcus Culstons. you know, the late-round draft picks too, uh, the Jari Evans, all those guys that everybody overlooks and the Saints would always do a great job of finding those guys, but on defense they were never able to do that, and I think finally this year, I think that they're getting their game together here
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things with the roster the wide receiver I, th- I mean, it's a, brutal, it's a brutal thing to say, but I think the Saints made the calculation of, we can cut Courtney Roby, and if our special teams end up being terrible and we need to bring him back we can. He won't. He won't be picked up by another team. And
4: I think that... it's gonna. I think it's gonna hurt too. I mean, I think getting rid of Courtney Roby is definitely uh, going to is a negative for this special team. So I'm. I'm definitely way more concerned about special teams, Saint special teams now than I was two weeks ago, and I was pretty concerned about that two weeks ago. So <laughs> it is Kevin.
2: Um... As far as the roster goes, um, you had a meltdown last week, and rightfully so, about the linebacker position. And I graciously put it in the, in the new open for this week. Um, <laughs> what's your feeling going into the opening if it's Gallette and Martez Wilson? Even if they're healthy, how are you feeling on the panic level?
0: on the on the defensive panic level i'm i'm at at linebacker i mean not overall oh, just specifically oh, at yeah, linebacker oh yeah okay yeah L- linebacker i would say i'm you know probably defcon 3 honest uh with one being uh with one being going nuts uh it's like i looked at the the, the list the the 53 man roster they still had victor butler on there but he's and he's on the PUP. And then I'm, um, you know, Vilma is
4: apparently not going to play in week one. I I don't so, think he's going to play ever. Put me on, you know. <laughs> r- write write this down. Do whatever you want, but I just I feel like Vilma is going to be on IR when it's all said and done. I don't think he's going to be contributing at all this this year.
0: But it's I'm it's, not optimistic. But then it's like they've got ten guys, and I'm including Vilma and, and Butler on this. They got ten guys listed on the fifty-three man roster at linebacker. They need every f and body that they Man. can get on there. And the sad thing is, you know, Butler's already on pup and, you know, what Dave said about Velma. And then it's it's just I'm I'm sort of at a loss for words because you, you do a compare and contrast and the Falcons only have Dave, what what did you say? Four or five linebackers.
4: They have five total linebackers now Croy Bierman is listed as a defensive end, and he'll come back, and he'll act as a linebacker sometimes. But technically, as far as middle linebackers and outside linebackers are concerned, they only have five. They have three outside linebackers and two middle linebackers on their roster. That's it. I mean, one of those guys goes down. they got to start hitting the free agent pool.
2: Yeah, and look, the the the, the roster isn't the, – the 53-man roster, you're not guaranteed a check for the whole year until Sunday at kickoff. So the Saints could still do some roster churning all throughout the week. I mean they, they may see somebody or do something where they add him to the roster, claim him this week, and they really like the guy and they have no intention of playing them. So it doesn't really matter if they – do a roster move on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or whatever. So,
4: I mean, I'm and not even and even even that Sunday morning, even if you make it to that Sunday morning, there's still a chance that you could get run over by a golf cart <laughs> being driven by the other team's mascot and you might not make it to kickoff. Oh my
2: god. Well, that would be that would be make me pretty pissed. I would almost as be as pissed as that Tampa kicker who got a staff infection and Tampa waved him and called it a non football injury and he's like motherfucker i got the staff infection in your building
4: You're and they didn't around. even
2: call him to cut him they sent him an email
4: oh <laughs> they don't show that on hard knock though. no they don't
2: god <laughs> but they're going to pay his salary but they but the thing is it doesn't accrue to his benefits so he's Rightfully so, been out, of, been out of shape. Oh well, well, well
0: I'm
4: sure Pete Prisco. I'm sure, I'm sure Prisco. People that are pissed off at the NFL.
0: I'm sure Prisco will write that this kicker should have known better, and and he, uh, you know, that's just part of the game, getting staff infection, and it's uh sure, it's uh, it's on him. It's yeah. on him, really. I think being blocked by Prisco is on my bucket list.
4: <laughs> I don't think that's difficult to do. I don't
2: think it is. I don't think it is either. I, I'll probably do it one Saturday <laughs> night after. Less Miles botches the clock again, and it's like eleven forty-five. <laughs> I'll just fire three or four tweets, and then it'll be a block party,
4: and he um, will botch the clock.
2: Dude, he, he, they, <laughs> I was, he, this Saturday he did it, and it was like motherfucker. Just
4: Ralph was at the game, by the way.
2: I was. Oh, you? Oh, how was that? The, the, the stadium. I hate to say it but it's magnificent.
4: Oh, I'm I mean, sure it's fucking awesome. You,
2: they you walk in and they have the open concourse, so you can see the whole thing and it's just it's 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 fucking magnificent. It's 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 gaudy, it's a palace, it's total Jerry Jones, but it's it's the bomb and uh I would I would totally I would totally go again um you know, it's just I don't I don't know what else to see. It's a little jarring because the scoreboard is so big that you like you don't wanna you're like, I'm at the game, I need to watch the actual game and not the giant scoreboard. So you have a tendency to want to do that, but <laughs> it is. It was it was tremendous and the the stadium I would say I would say it was like seventy sixty to seventy percent LSU, which was uh, a little bit really? surprising. Yeah. But Kevin, um we we know that Sean Payton likes to do Weird, strange, motivational things like he had the jazz funeral in 2007 and the baseball bats and all this stuff. Um, But I was thinking today, the way he likes to goad and motivate and and, and push people's buttons, he's got to have something that he's been doing with Drew Brees that's extra special, like reminding Drew Brees about the five picks and the clock fuck up against Atlanta last year. Don't you think Heading into this game, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I really wish I had something snappy for this. The sad thing is I don't. God, I don't think that he's filling Drew
4: Brees' head with negative thoughts.
2: Well, That's no, right. just
0: like I you're mean, gonna,
2: I, just I, like I, you're I, gonna get him. I'm reminding you know, you need to pick up your game. You know.
0: That's- I mean, I, I could I could see Sean Payton maybe like, and and so help me Christ, if Bill Simmons comes after me for even referencing this, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking punch him in his goddamn basting head uh it's like the sea, it's like right before the climactic fight in rocky 3 when apollo and rocky are still in the locker room and they're standing in the doorway and apollo's just like talking to him like in in you know like funeral voices and he's just like telling him you know you remember what he did to you <laughs> Like stuff like that. Like I can totally see Sean Payton just like standing in a doorway, like getting uncomfortably close to Drew Brees and Drew sort of being like weirded out at first. And then when Sean starts laying into him, like I can definitely see Drew being being, you know, motivated in that way. I I don't think I don't think. Uh, I don't think Sean Payton's doing, like, you know, Costner and JFK where he keeps rewinding the game film again and again and again. <laughs>
2: Back and to the left. Back and to the left. the left.
0: <laughs> For, like, 12 straight minutes. You know, I I, I don't see him doing that.
4: No, but uh, it is finally, it finally makes a fucking reference that I get.
0: Look at that. There we go. Ding! <laughs> what to tell him what he's won, Bob? <laughs> I was thinking
2: they—they, they, I'm thinking they have to break maybe break out something with Gleason, retire his number, have him lead out the Saints. But I would think if if they were gonna do that, they'd they have announced that already.
4: You know, we're they would save that for the playoffs.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. Hopefully.
0: Oh, and I—I—I I, I don't know. All I don't right. Know. Just, I'm How- you, just. Get him out get him out there for the fucking, get him out there for for this game. Just get, just I, 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 I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just turbocharge his fucking wheelchair and have him <laughs> rocket out to to midfield at the very end. And I guarantee you that fucking stadium is going to go absolutely ballistic. <laughs> you don't have to announce it. Why we, why do you have to announce it? The stadium's <clears throat> going to be sold out. It's not like you're in, you, you have to sell more tickets. That's true. That's true. This is about this is about motivating this is about motivating the fan base and giving the team that extra that extra little boom 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 and then letting the fucking Let me Falcon say well. Letting the fucking Falcon see him come riding out at at the at the tail end right before kickoff and then and them just looking at each other going, Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> God damn man. They're gonna find an eighth gear today, aren't they? And then, and, and then Matt and Ryan just looking at just looking at his fucking offensive line going, well, so much for my face. <laughs> so you, long, Gillette commercials. You know, that brings up an interesting point, Dave, about this
2: this defense. And, yes. and what is your realistic expectation of the pass rush for the 2013 year? The Saints pass rush?
4: Yes uh i think it's going to be significantly improved over what we've seen for the last few years i'm very optimistic about this defense i mean call me crazy that may be stupid that may be uh that may make me a homer you know that may be naive of me but i i still have visions of greg williams in 2009 dancing in my head and I sort of just get the same feeling now that I know what it looks like. And now that I've seen it before, I, I just kind of feel like we're going to I think it's going to be that kind of a year for the de- this defense. Maybe not necessarily turnovers, um, but it'll be something It's going to be. I, I just think overall, definitely. They're going to do something better, really.
2: Lot. What you're saying is they're going to do something well. You're just not sure what it's going to be. Yeah,
4: they're going to do something well. Well, I mean, just overall, I mean, there's definitely going to be better pressure. I think their sack total will be higher as a team. Um, I, I don't know if they'll get the same turnovers and the pick sixes like they did with Darren Sharper in 2009. I don't think they have somebody like that. But I think they're going to be a much tougher defense. Uh, I don't think they're just going to lay down like, well, not necessarily lay down, but I, I think that they're going to, just give teams a little bit more hard of a time. So I'm, I'm totally optimistic about this defense. I know that well, that might be crazy, but I am.
2: No, I am. I'm as I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, in my preview column that I'm working on for channel four, I put as one of my predictions that when I ask my mom what she wants for Christmas, she's going to say, I want a Kenny Vaccaro Jersey.
4: So, so <laughs> right.
2: that mean that Kenny Vaccaro is being awesome. If my mom is like, I want his Jersey. So I, I feel like, I feel like he's going to, he's going to, Give up a lot of plays and make a lot of screw ups, but he's also gonna do a lot of great things he's gonna drive us crazy on twitter. We're gonna hate him and love him, hate him, and love him all in the span of like twenty minutes and that's gonna be happening <laughs> like nine ten ten weeks of the year i mean so Kevin I mean we haven't talked too much about the you know we we focus so much on the de- the defense but you know the offense Colston did play against miami um the wide receivers look good. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham is going to have a fuck you, pay me my money type season. Uh, and I'm talking like 1,300, 1,400 yards, 100 catches. Can he be better than 2011 Jimmy Graham?
0: I'm going to say no. 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 And, it and, and, and look, look, man, one of us has to fucking be that guy. OK, one of us has to be that guy. Dave's Dave's ready to fucking Dave's ready to throw a fucking parade for the defense. <laughs> and, and and Ralph's going, hey, hey, you know, I can see I can see this. I can see this. I can see <laughs> that boy. I can see this. Is great. Um, but Jimmy Graham had the second greatest single season of a tight end ever. And the only guy who had a better season than him was the fucker that was kept in the game an extra 20 minutes longer than him that same year. So you're asking me, can he do better than that? Well, then that means that I think he's going to eclipse what Gronk did, and the answer is no. I, I don't think that – so, so it's, not like, it's not like I'm saying this guy is going to blow goats or, or, or have a fucking case of stone hands like he apparently did last season or you know do these weird tip drills where it ends up being interceptions for for the other team he's going to be he's going to be you know tremendous you know improved from last season but he's not going to be uh as, as phenomenal as he was uh 2 years ago he's still going to be great he's still going to be a top 3 tight end and in fact he'll be a top 2 tight end and with Gronkowski apparently out or not playing uh for, for the health, first he pra-
4: practiced in full the other day, so Jesus he might Christ. be ready.
0: God damn it. <laughs> Come on, That's Kevin. Kind of, I would, look, I was kind of fucking hoping Gronk wasn't going to play for the first several weeks. That way it would be extra opportunity for Tom Brady to not throw a touchdown pass. Yes, I'm still on that.
4: <laughs> um, I think but, we're all on that. We're all, on, all that. on
0: that bandwagon. I
4: just yeah, we, we want to see that. But, I, mean, I would really like to see the Saints be the ones to shut him down. And, oh, my God. Uh,
0: but I can definitely see Graham like just stepping up and just saying, okay, everybody was all on Gronkowski's jockstrap and, and all on, you know, oh, what's, what's going on with Gronk's back? What's going on with Gronk's forum? What's going on with Gronk's Twitter account? What's going on with Gronk's, uh, Spanglish? You know, what's going on with this <laughs> and that? And I can just see Jimmy Graham going, uh, you know what, this, uh, this, uh, Ginger Mexican fella here is going to curb stomp the hell out of all the defenses here in the NFC. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Peace.
4: Yeah. Boom. (laughs) Going to go fly my plane now.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, like, you know, Ralph's talking like 1400 yards, hundred catches and all this other kind of stuff. I'm not, I, I, I won't go there. I could, I see him getting like 1100 yards and maybe like, 80 catches.
2: 85-90, yeah. I
0: which mean, is I, still, I mean, shit, anybody would take that for a wide receiver, let alone a tight end. I
4: think so, I would I think take for what Jimmy, he did last year. Last year was, I mean, totally fine. I mean, everybody feels like he didn't have a great season last year, but that's just because they were comparing it to 2011 where he was blowing everybody out of the water. Last season he had uh, quite an excellent season. Uh, nothing to to laugh at whatsoever. Except and the I would gladly take that That was the uh, – that yeah. Was, well. You know, okay. But uh, you know, just think if he didn't drop the ball, then his season is uh, that much no. more incredible. No, right.
2: I mean, I mean, I'm ag- I'm agreeing with you. I think the one thing I wish he would it would be I think it would be funny <laughs> since he's got the the love of flying every if every time he scored a touchdown he would like take out a picture of, a, of the plane that he wants to buy, and every touchdown it would get better and better. So like on tu- you know like if he scores a dozen touchdowns like Danny's pulling out a picture of a golf stream and putting it up to the camera being like Loomis and pointing at the, point at the golf stream. But all
4: see, right. pop- wait, all right. Pop- so pop quiz to Kevin and to Ralph. How many? What do you what? I want you both to to guess what you think Graham's stat line was from last year. I want to see how close you are, to how much to what it actually was. How many catches? How many yards? How many touchdowns?
0: Uh, I'm gonna. I'll I'll go first. I'll say he probably had eighty, eighty catches. Uh huh. And, and, and I mean, do you want Ralph to go or?
4: No. How many yards do you think he had? He
0: had a little less than a thousand, I think.
4: There you go, Ralph. <laughs> like pretty
0: nine, nine fifty maybe.
4: Yeah, nine eighty two. Okay, that's that's a hell of a season. No, it is, and he has five like, catches, nine hundred eighty two yards, and nine touchdowns. He doesn't need to be like two thousand eleven. If he wants to be like two thousand twelve, I'll fucking take it. Nah, I mean okay. that's. But it, it's it, uh, okay. Listen,
0: it's it's the it's the drops and and those fucking tip ball you – Look, I, I and again here's going to drop some of them. I'm saying this. I'm saying it. And Not watch. Not 16 of them. Column. You can't drop 16 balls. That's a drop a week. Wang's next. Watch Wang's next column. He's going to fucking prove me wrong and say Kevin misremembered. He this only happened to him once. <laughs> but I'm telling you. I remember seeing Breeze throw shit over the middle, and Graham it would it would just ricochet off of him, go up in the air, and it would get caught by somebody
4: else. Yes, that happened. That definitely happened. And, and
0: it's just like, You're listen,
4: imagining things.
0: If 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 Graham made eighty five catches this season, and he was and he was targeted, say I don't, and he and he you know only dropped like five, uh,
2: and had. 1100 yards it would be awesome
4: that's a ridiculous
2: that's a ridiculous season
0: it doesn't even and it's it's not like he has to go i mean again again we're not saying 2000 i'm not saying 2012 sucked i'm saying in comparison now if you're comparing 2011 to 2012 yes it's a huge discrepancy in terms of yardage and receptions and 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 stuff like that but we're i mean shit it's 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 like we're – you know, he's he's unfortunately – and I say unfortunately. He's unfortunately got the Breeze standard now. It's like Breeze is yeah. – Breeze – seriously, since 2006, it's, Drew, it's been the fucking Drew Breeze show in the NFL. And and fuck anybody else that wants to try and argue this point with me. Rogers Rodgers, you're a paid break No, fuck you. Since 2006, it's been the goddamn Drew Breeze show. And since 2011, it's – you know, in the 2011, it was the fucking Jimmy Graham show. And the only reason why Gronkowski – Fucking finish better than him is because Belichick put him back in the fucking game. Well, yeah,
2: and I just thought of something that makes makes Dave point Dave's point of if he has a, if he has last year, it'll be a fantastic year, and that's Ben Watson. Ben Watson's gonna eat into his total, so yeah. I think I think Dave, it's it's really fair to say, look, if he catches eighty five balls for a thousand yards and. Like Kevin said, instead of 16 drops, he only has five. That's a monster year because I think Ben, I think Ben Watson's gonna probably catch 35 balls. Yeah, maybe oh, maybe yeah. maybe 40. So I mean, yeah. that may that may eat into Jimmy Graham's production a little bit. Uh
4: but we well, I mean, wait I, to see this offense, this is this is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be an awesome year for this offense. That, well, that, that's a good. Dave, um, you're you, you're making me wet over here. You, <laughs> zing. Uh, <laughs>
2: the, that brings me to my next question, which is a great segue, Dave. Sean Payton's he been gone for a year, and he he said, you know, when people aren't asking him about, you know, how he feels about Roger Goodell, and he sort of sidesteps. He has been honest of like, hey. When you're away from your team, you get like a 20,000-foot view of it, and you're not into it day-to-day, and it gives you a really interesting perspective. How, do you expect them to, to have like these things that Sean Payton has been hiding? That are, Yeah, that he come gonna...
4: up with the annexation of Puerto Rico. He's going to bust that out <laughs> at some important moment in the season. You use that
2: week one. If you're going to annex Puerto Rico, you break that out week one.
4: I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think other teams should be s- scared. And I, you know, we were talking with Dave Chote about, um, you know, the coaches and the the other coaches in the NFC South. And uh, I think this year you're going to see why Sean Payton is um, far and away heads above the other three coaches in the NFC South Uh, I I definitely think he's had a year to you know just scheme and 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 get a bird's eye view of everything and that it could there's just no possible way that it could have hurt his coaching ability or or made it any worse so I would say more likely than not he's he's coming in here definitely refreshed with a different view with a different perspective and I think it's only going to help the team for sure especially the offense
0: Here's what frightens me is that Dave has never seen The Godfather, yet he's seen Little Giants and remembers the annexation of Puerto Rico.
4: <laughs> I have very peculiar taste in movies. And yeah, w-
0: peculiar. That's that's, a, that's an interesting adjective. Yeah, it's peculiar. Yeah,
4: yeah peculiar. Well, I mean, come on. Little, what, was Little Giants not an awesome movie? Yeah.
0: What? You, you guys
4: didn't love Little Giants? <laughs> so I mean, awesome?
0: you know, it's got... Al Bundy and Rick Moranis in it. So, I mean, it's not all bad. Oh, it case. is. It's
2: just, it's just kind of disconcerting that we, we can quote, we could quote the Godfather and you'd be like, what the fuck? But little giants, you know, it, you know, the script, like you're, the back of your hand.
4: Oh my God. I've seen little giants like a million times. Nice. um, Ace box. Oh, <laughs> um <laughs> Kevin,
2: how important, how important is it for the saints to win Sunday? Just in the in the gram scheme of the, the, the setting for the season and all that stuff. I love,
0: I love that question. <laughs> you like that? Kevin, how important is it for the Saints to defeat their division rival in week one of the season in which their coach is back and the blood feud. Yeah. Right. I mean
4: Well he has Dave early Dave showed earlier Jerry. if it was important for the Falcons to win games.
2: Well, I mean, early. They their schedule late is brutal, Dave. Their schedule late is brutal, and I'm not Walter Cronkite here doing interviews, motherfucker. So, you know, the 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 audience get what they they get what they pay for, unless they donate, and then we'll do better. I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I look division game. I mean, yeah, must win. Must win. Now, obviously, look, if they fucking lose, am I going to come out here and be all fucking doom and gloom? I'm going to be pissed. I'm not going to be God. I'm not going to be like these fuckers, uh, these college football fans who, you know, start crying on the fucking radio saying the season's over, the season's over. Uh," You know, I'm not going to be doing that. I'll be I'll be royally pissed. But shit, it's like you got you got to win these division games, man. You got to win the division games. You got to fucking you got to. You got to win home games. All these things, first game back. Everybody the, the band's back together. Uh I mean, fuck, it, it, all signs are pointing to yes, it's it's a it's it, yeah, you got to win.
2: Got to yeah, win. Got to win. some some season openers are are more important than other ones I felt like you know when they went to Green Bay it wasn't like oh my god they've got to win this game they've got to win this game it wasn't a life or death struggle you know when they played Detroit in 2009 and Detroit went winless the year before it's like you gotta beat fucking Detroit at home okay so, I just the, the certain season openers have more weight than others that's all that's all I'm saying, and I'll try to ask better questions dave i'll, I'll oh, work on,
0: well and, work and on that. well th- there you go, so you worded it th- that certain you said certain games have more weight, yes, this one has more weight I would say than any of the other games in the first six weeks of the n f l season, and that includes at new England
2: ooh, that's interesting um Dave.
4: Yes. How many
2: Offense, guys? the rookie wide receivers. Give me Love your them. thoughts
4: on well, okay. only one. Of, well, only one of them is a rookie. Well, they're yeah, but stills Nick Toon feels like a rookie, but technically he's,
2: he's a redshirt a freshman.
4: Right, but he's had a year to quote unquote learn the playbook. And Andy Tanner, well, we all know that he's been on the transaction wire 30 plus times. So we know he's not a rookie. But continue. Around.
2: But what of the young, inexperienced <laughs> receivers is going to be the biggest contributor in 2013?
4: See, the people who donate, you see, we improve right before your eyes. We do. As we're doing this, you, you can see the improvement.
2: Exactly. So donate whatever you can. Continue, Dave.
4: Wait, what was the question? Which one's going to be the one? Which one ball?
2: of the young receivers is going to contribute the most in 2013?
4: Yeah. um, You know, it's funny, a buddy of mine in New York asked me, he sent me a text message asking about Lance Moore. Naturally, I assume it's because he was like thinking about drafting him in some late round in his fantasy draft. And I was like, yeah, eh, you know, I don't know. It's really hard to tell with a guy like Lance Moore. He had over a thousand yards last season. That's great. But like, who, uh, you know, who knows what he's going to do this year? And I was like, and I texted him. I was like, honestly, like if you're talking about taking a flyer on in you know, a late round in your fantasy draft, and you're going to take a Saints wide receiver, I said I would go with Kenny Stills just for the hell of it. I mean, I just feel like there's a big upside there, and he's either he, I, I kind of feel like he's going to have like either some crazy rookie season, like where he could potentially be the rookie of the year, or he's going to come along really slowly and sort of fizzle out after what we saw uh, this preseason. And, and Nick Toon, instead, would be the one to watch. But I just feel like Kenny Stills is, uh, could potentially be a huge thing. you know, I'm, have all, a huge season.
2: I'm all in on Kenny Stills.
4: Yeah. I mean, Nick Nick Toon, now don't get me wrong. I mean, Nick Toon, for sure. Uh, you might even put him as, as as number three on the depth chart if you were putting together a depth chart. And you might put Kenny Stills fourth. Um, I think Nick Toon might be a little bit more solid, a little bit more reliable. But I think Kenny Stills is the number – I think his number is the one they're going to call for those Devery Henderson-type big explosive plays, deep bombs, that kind of stuff. And I think he has the ability to make some of those crazy, difficult catches. Uh, You know, so from a fantasy perspective – Definitely Kenny Stills. You didn't ask me about from a fantasy perspective.
2: Well, no. Fa- fantasy. Fun fantasy prediction. did ask prediction. What fans
4: like, and fans definitely like their fantasy football. No. F-
2: fun fantasy prediction, Kevin. There is going to be a fucking stampede Monday morning to the waiver wire for Kenny Stills.
4: I, I, that's, I was thinking that earlier. I agree. You
2: know. But Kevin um, – How much are we going to enjoy the Rob Ryan experience? I feel like the Greg Greg Williams experience was very enjoyable on the whole. I mean you had the bounty stuff and you had the playoff game for San Francisco. But we always have 2009, and we have the fabulous PowerPoint slides that live forever.
4: Oh, those were brilliant.
0: Yeah, and 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 the audio.
2: And the audio. So I feel like on the whole, the Greg Williams experience was very enjoyable. Is the Rob Ryan experience going to be the same?
0: Yeah, I. uh, God, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it's going to be it's going to be the same in the sense that we're going to get we're going to get a lot of ridiculous facial expressions and a lot of yelling on the sideline, which, you know, because he's got long, stringy gray hair and a big, thick gray beard. And and he's uh, somewhat portly. Well, not somewhat. He's just portly and
4: maybe a slip and fall. Another slip and fall.
0: You know, I I definitely see. Yeah, how can that
2: not be a gif? God damn it!
0: Yeah, I I definitely think that we'll we'll get our own animated gifs of him in saints attire this year, and th- okay, there'll be a lot of fun with that. I, of that. I I I don't. You know, he doesn't need to make a fucking powerpoint. I can see him getting getting fucking crayons and <laughs> drawing some rudiment, rudimentary shit.
4: Girls with boobs, stick figures with right you know, right stick
0: stick figures with boobs. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I could absolutely. I'm. I could absolutely see shit like that going on. I feel like,
2: Dave, you need to reach out to LSU Freak because he's part of the SBG. I've
4: done that family. before. He's. I. I have asked him. He's. He's never responded. And I did that years ago. I and
2: mean, be like. And be like, dude, please, you gotta make us a GIF of Rob Ryan doing something. And I feel <laughs> showing like showing
4: us his van.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, his exactly, wagon. and if it doesn't, if he doesn't respond to you, we need to start a campaign via this podcast and on Twitter to be like, LSU freak, we want a Rob Ryan gif.
4: Do you think he would change his name to Tulane freak though?
2: No, he would never do that. But, he, but I think he could get you a Rob Ryan gift because you are part of the SB Nation family.
4: And you see, yeah, yeah. and you see,
0: Dave. Here was your mistake. You went a few years ago. You need to let him. You need to remind him. Hey, I were I, I do a podcast with the uh, with the uh, famous Ralph Marlborough, and you know that that uh, that should help.
4: Am I really gonna drop drop Ralph's name? Is that really gonna get me something? I'm almost sure.
0: up to 500
2: followers on Twitter. <laughs> right, give it a shot.
4: Um, actually, SB Nation has a whole gift team. I could probably just ask them.
2: You could. Can you can, you could? That's true. You can. You can. But they just do plays. Can I like make a request of like?
4: No, they'll do. They'll, I mean, they'll do anything. Anything oh. that gets like caught on camera, like on the sidelines or anything.
2: Well, no, no, you can't. Like, but like LSU freak would like put Rob Ryan in Breaking Bad.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'd have to email them. I guess they probably wouldn't. If there's copyright issues, they won't do it.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. LSU L- so L- freak. LSU freak lives in uh, international waters, so he's not bound by uh, by our standard laws.
4: <laughs> right. We have a whole legal team that stuff has to get approved.
2: Um. All right. Before we get to season predictions and our thoughts on the Falcon game, Kevin made his wrestling debut this week in a Royal Rumble. No, no, no. no
0: Battle Royal. Battle wait, wait, Royal. Battle Royal. So Kevin, Royale. give us, give us the play by play. Cheese. Yes. Give us the play by play. That's what they call that's what they call the Royal Rumble in uh,
2: in Amsterdam. Uh, give us the play by play and start with your costume, name, and entrance.
0: Speedos. He was wearing Speedo's. Hmm. Actually, no. Okay, so it was for a independent promotion in Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is like seventy minutes away from St. Louis. The the guy that's
4: seventy miles for his passion, people. That's right.
0: Uh, the guy that uh, that's training me, he called me up earlier in the week and asked if I wanted to go. A couple other guys were going. It's like the sure. Trainer
4: happens to be called Mr. Miyagi. And they won.
0: <laughs> Miyagi's dead, man. Pat Marita, Miyagi's like dead. really in real life? Pat Morita yeah. is
4: dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, man, boy, you I mean you don't know The Godfather. You don't know Miyagi's dead, but by God annexation of Puerto Rico.
4: Miyagi okay. lives on in all of our hearts. He does. Yes, he does. Forever.
0: Um, so, the, and, and the whole idea was going to be, okay, you just announce.
4: By the way, I have a cat named Mr. Meowgi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True, True story.
2: I had a fantasy team Chairman, Ma- Chairman Meow last year, but go on, Kevin, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, of an episode of Archer. <laughs> Where they talk about a bunch of cats dying, and the guy says, "Wow, it's a real Auschwitz here."
4: <laughs> oh, That's we funny are
0: because you Anywho, watch Archer. Boy, this this train this train went right off. The track. Whoa! It went off the tracks, baby, and it was going so so well. Yeah, it actually was. Anywho, so I thought I was just going to do announcing. So we get there. And the trainer's like, hey, you we should do that this spot we were talking about where I, as the announcer, enter a battle royal as like a bit. So they bring it up to the guy, and the guy was a little timid at first, but he said, Okay, fine. So the whole show, I'm actually, you know, doing the thing. I get in the ring with the little piece of paper. I say, you know, introducing this guy from so and so weighing this much. I do that the entire show. I announce the battle royal. And we had planned it so that way I would be the last guy in. And sure enough, you know, like I kept time on the watch and I would introduce every guy as he came in. And then the last guy supposed to come out. Nobody comes out of the door. Everybody's looking at the door. And I'm and I get right. I, I start to like, okay, we need the last guy. I go right to the door. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's me. And I made everybody fucking – well, first, I think everybody was very confused. I, I, didn't, I probably didn't do a good enough job of being a dick throughout the show, but that was probably me being nervous. So I say all that. I had on a nice suit jacket. I took the suit jacket off. I folded it over a chair. I, took, I, uh, had, I was hiding a uh, Under Armour shirt under my dress shirt, so I took off my dress shirt, had the Under Armour shirt on underneath it. I had shorts underneath my pants, so I took my shoes off, put the pants on, and I had brought out a school bag during the last intermission that had my knee pads and elbow pads in it. So I turned it upside down like I had you know, secretly prepared this whole thing. Everybody's like, what the hell is he doing? And I'm like, I'm getting in this damn battle royal. So the plan was to have one of the guys that came in the car with us toss me out. Well, the problem was he's getting beat up in a corner, so I have to sort of stall on the outside of the ring. So I start doing, like, jumping jacks. I put my foot up on the ring to, like, stretch my legs. I got people starting to yell at me now, get in the ring, get in the ring. And I'm like, no, I'm waiting. I can wait. (laughs) And people are now getting mad at me, like all the – all the Hoosiers that are around the ring are, like, yelling at me, like, you get in the ring. You're a That's coward. That's nothing new for you. People are mad at you all the time. Exactly. And so, you're right. And I was fully prepared for it. And I'm like, I'm not a coward. I'm smart. <laughs> My time. Jesus, lady. And, and all these people are just like, I'm mouthing back to them. And then finally, the guy gets uh, <laughs> the guy gets clear. I climb into the ring. And I, you know, you know, jump around a little. And I turn around, and I point at some fans, and as I turn around, my pal comes from behind, clotheslines me, and knocks me back over the top rope, and I'm out in like two or three
4: seconds. Nice. Is this on tape somewhere? Uh,
0: Sadly, no. I've tried looking. God damn it.
4: How many people were there? How many people were in the crowd?
0: Maybe like 50. Hey, Kevin, when we did stand-up, that would have been a full house. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, I, but in comparison bad, to the shows the in shows St. Louis, though, I mean, the, the shows in St. Louis can get up to, like, 400.
4: Whoa. Yeah.
0: So that was your wrestling debut. Did, did,
2: did you feel like – was it everything you hoped it would be?
4: A uh, little bit, yeah. Are you going to actually wrestle at any point? Oh, yeah. No, that's still the play. Oh, okay
0: this, okay. this was just like a – this was just – you know, hey, we had this idea for a for a, a comedic bit in the battle royal, so let's just do it. And the guy who was running the show was like, "Okay, sure." And he liked me doing the announcing, so he wants me to come back, you know, for his next show. So. <clears throat> That's good. You're on the you're on the fast track to being
2: uh, a hated wrestler announcing. I feel it. I feel it in my bones.
0: Yeah, well, I I, you
1: know, and, I,
0: and I, t- I tell you what, though, whenever I do make a an actual wrestling debut uh, please make in sure St. It's Louis, something. Well, it's, it'll be taped in St. Louis, and I'll make sure that I get you guys the copy immediately.
4: Mm-hmm. Put that shit up on YouTube.
0: OK, <laughs>
1: that was
2: that was, tre- that was tremendous. I feel like I, I need I need the video and that I don't have it. I feel like there's a gaping hole. In my life that I, I just want to look at it in YouTube and mock you on Ralph Twitter. Ralph has endless. a
4: gaping hole. He just said. Right, I do. In my head, apparently.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's start with um, Saints uh, season predictions before we get to the Atlanta game. Dave, your thoughts what? on the Saints season as a 16
4: whole? And 0, sixteen and oh sixteen Sixteen and O. Lose in the divisional round. Oh my God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, the season I'll I'll go with uh, eleven and five, and they win <sighs> the division. And uh, I'm not going to make any predictions about the playoffs. Kevin, God,
0: man, I'm I'm uh...
4: Ugh. <laughs> i nearly <laughs> said <laughs> i nearly said my
0: inner wang um nine and seven,
4: but my head's
0: telling me nine and seven but fuck it i'm going with my heart because i'm a saints fan and i'm also an idiot so i'm saying ten and six
4: boom boom
0: i'm
2: i'm saying ten and six as well kevin i think they'll go into the last week of the season
4: you guys are pussies. tenants e-
2: Even needing to win and get in, or win and have they'll need help because I think the NFC is going to be really strong.
4: Well, so. I, well, I well,
0: the, the last the last two games, the last two games are divisional games, so I think the last two weeks it'll really be like, all right, who's you know it'll be like one of those jockeying for position situations where the Saints really need to win one to make sure that they get in, win two to make sure they get a home game, something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I just. I, I don't – the thing with the NFC is all the garbage teams are in the AFC. Like there's no team – I mean who in the NFC mm-hmm. can you look at and say they are going to be fucking terrible? Maybe Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Like I can't, I can't look at another team and be like, yeah, they're going to be a four-win team for sure. Minnesota. Oh, you think Minnesota's going to regress that much? Oh, yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. The
4: Rams never fail to disappoint, too, when it comes to disappointing.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, but but, I mean, but but there's a difference between disappointing and being. Like, I can. Like, you look at the AFC, I got the Jets, dumpster fire. Oakland, dumpster fire. Uh, (laughs) San Diego, dumpster fire. Miami? Uh, Miami,
4: no, they'll be. Cleveland. Cleveland's.
2: Cleveland's historically a dumpster fire, but I like them to surprise. But but you see what I'm saying? That's Buffalo, the Jets. I mean Jacksonville. I mean you. We just named off like six, Miami. seven teams. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wife's on the iPad. She's not getting riled up.
4: <laughs> Man, I want to be in the AFC. Gee, no kidding. My God. <clears throat> I want to be in the AFC East. This is where I want to be. But. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh yeah, the Chiefs. They could be a dumpster fire.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we'll we'll see, but I just I think the we are all agreeing the NFC is going to be
4: a dumpster fire,
2: a dumpster fire harder. So, Dave, give me your pick for uh Sunday's game.
4: Um Saints, Saints all the way. Ra ra hoorah! Um I think it's gonna be a huge win too. I think people are gonna be freaking out after oh my you God. kick Atlanta's butt. I think everybody's gonna be like, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Who's gonna be Who's
2: gonna be the player that everybody's like,
4: Yeah, Kenny he Stills. fucking rocked it. Yeah, Kenny Still's, Kenny Still's, and Kenny Vaccaro. All right, yeah. uh, Kevin, your pick. I'm going crazy this week.
2: I'm going Saints 24-13. 13 for the fact. Oh my God. We'll, Wang will have to.
4: I don't know what's cool more surprising that he's only giving hours. that he's only given the defense thirteen or that he's only given the offense twenty four.
2: I don't know. That's a that's insanity.
4: But explain, Kevin. Uh,
0: explain. and and I'm gonna I'm Dude, gonna say that uh, I'm gonna say that Mark Ingram uh oh my God. scores a <laughs> scores a rushing touchdown. And he's gonna and I, I think he's gonna look real good. I think he's gonna have the most yardage out, out of any of the running backs, and he's gonna have a touchdown over a
4: hundred yards. Just go I'm, not, gonna, I'm not
0: going that far. I'm not, not going that crazy. Yeah, he's going to
3: no, no, really have the most. No, no, He's going have the most. He's the most rushing
0: yards out of all the running backs, and he's going to have. He'll. He'll be the only I'll running back with a touchdown.
4: I'll say it. Mark Ingram, 100 plus.
0: Wow,
2: that would be that would be tremendous because they have a lot of people that are hating on Mark Ingram, and he has is just as strong of defenders like you, Dave. So it's, it'll be that will be really fun on Twitter. I'm going to say
4: – What the hell?
2: I'm going to say Saints 38-31, and I'm going to say uh, right. they'll make a tremendous defensive stop, and we'll get our first Rob Ryan gif where he's pumping his
4: fists and his hair is <laughs> blowing in the Superdome uh, on Sunday night. He needs so, to make sure that he's always standing next to one of those big fans. So he's blowing <laughs> his hair all the time. He does, he does, but that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 38,
2: 31, because I just, I don't, I don't. If this, Kevin, if this defense held, holds Atlanta to under 17, you just, you, you pick the song and I'll open the podcast singing it next week. Nice.
1: You, you're beautiful.
2: All right. <laughs> All right, so for our fearless leader, Dave Cariello, for Kevin Held, um, for Dave Chote from The Falcoholic, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Until next week, uh, be safe.